It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I am your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball guru himself, Uncle Dave, better known as Dave Essler. You guys can get him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, a little unfinished business for me and you here. We've been going through MLB divisions and we haven't finished up the central yet so we're gonna rip through the central division today we're gonna talk about all the teams all the odds now uncle dave there was some exhibition baseball on yesterday i gotta be honest with you it was really nice to go ahead and see baseball players out in the diamond but it was a little weird not seeing any fans and actually watching baseball without any fans you know i I made a little bit of an adjustment there when golf came around and ufc came around i felt pretty good you know with no fans being you know, in those stands, but with baseball, it, it felt a little weird. I got to be honest. I'm not sure if you watched any baseball at all, Uncle Dave. I did catch a couple innings yesterday. Did you happen to catch any baseball yesterday? I didn't. You know, I was too busy watching our golf guys cash. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. And, and even if I wasn't, the, the likelihood of me watching exhibition baseball at this point is is slim and none. You know, I've done a, a lot of homework, uh, as you know, and I really don't want to get jaded by one or two innings of something that would maybe talk me out of something I right now feel pretty confident in. So I didn't watch it. Well, I'm certainly glad that baseball will be making a return and we'll finish up our central division stuff today. As far as the golf goes, yes, it was a a pretty good weekend for us. And we'll have our golf pod tomorrow. So guys, be sure to go ahead and listen to that. So Uncle Dave, let's start out with the central division teams here. I want to start out with the title odds, Uncle Dave, one of the teams you were high on. Minnesota Twins. They're going to lead all Central Division teams right now for the title odds at 16 to 1, followed by the Cubs and Cardinals 22 to 1, White Sox 25 to 1. And I want to talk about them a little deeper, Uncle Dave, when we circle back around here. We have another team here, the Reds and the Indians, both at 25 to 1. Milwaukee 35 to 1. That was a little surprising to me. And then you have the Pirates, Detroit, and Kansas City. You can get them anywhere from 100 to 500 to 1. But the first team I want to start out with here, Uncle Dave, is the White Sox. One of the things I noticed about this team as I was running through their odds, right now, plus 180 to go ahead and make the playoffs, their team total, 31 and a half. Now, you had spoke, Uncle Dave, a few weeks ago, you know, that this central division might be, you know, kind of up for grabs right now. I'm looking at these team totals. There's not a whole lot of separation between five of the eight teams. Tell me about the White Sox, Uncle Dave. What am I missing? Because... Before the season started, you know, I thought this was probably just the same old White Sox club, and I thought that they probably lost some pitching, you know, from last year. But tell me what's going on with the White Sox. Why is their total so high? And, you know, do they have the potential to make the playoffs this year? Well, yeah, I think they do, Sleepy. And, uh, you know, the the more I look, the more I like this team. You know, they added Edwin and Carcione. They added Grandal. Grandal is a, a, a superior defensive catcher. Added Dallas Keuchel now. He's not what he was when he was at Houston. But, you know, even if he's half of that, uh, he's still solid. And if you look at this team from last year, they had Tim Anderson, who led the league in hitting. Not many people probably know that. And now they've got Luis Roberts in the outfield. He's plus 225 to win Rookie of the Year. And Giolito is only 12 to 1 to win the Cy Young. So they have some talent. Um, the one thing that I, I, I question with them is they have too many feast or famine hitters when you add in, you know, obviously Encarcion is uh, Grandal can be, and you add in Moncada, Abreu, and Jimenez, but you don't have a lot of batting average there, but you've got a lot of power. So if they go into a slump, they're going to have to rely on their pitching. I'm not sure I trust Alex Colom as their closer, but, you know, here's a, a clear sign of being undervalued. You know, last, you know, last year and probably going into this year, last year they were four games under 500, yet, they were the seventh most profitable team, obviously meaning that they were they were sizable underdogs and, and nobody started to believe. What what I do like here is their win total over Sleepy. And, you know, in conjunction with what I've already said about, you know, they have solid pitching, solid hitting, they get Kansas City and Detroit for 20 games each. Uh, you know, we'll get to those teams, but, you know, that should be, you know, you got to figure that's, that's 12 of their wins right there, so... You know, I'm fairly high on this White Sox. I, I think they can win the division. You know, I know Minnesota's the big favorite. I was high on them. I'm, 
I'm still not low on them by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the White Sox have some value. I think they have some value game-to-game uh, game early. You know, they open up uh, Friday at home against the Twins, Barrios against Giolito, and I believe uh, the White Sox are actually favored in that game. I think when the, the lines first came out, they were as much as plus 140 underdog. Now they're favored. Um, I'm not ready to jump on that train, but that sort of tells you what direction the White Sox are trending. And, you know, we always kind of want to be ahead of that curve because there'll be a time when the White Sox trend downward, uh, but right now they're not in, unfortunately. So, yeah, I like the White Sox. I like their team total over uh, 31 and a half quite a bit. You know, as you were talking through, I'm looking at the lineup, and you were talking about a lot of the Feaster famine players, Encarnacion, Mazzara, Randall. I mean, that's not a bad middle-of-year lineup. I mean, you're five, six, seven guys. You know, there's a lot of power back there. And, uh, you know, followed up by Lourish Garcia, second baseman. I don't hate the lineup overall. I'm just, you know, it's been one of those things where, you know, you get a lot of guys who, you know, kind of fly under the radar, Mancada, Abreu, Jimenez, just guys that seem to just fly under their radar. Now, I was looking at their schedule, Uncle Dave, as you talked about. You know, they're going to have a tough stretch for 20 games. They got a lot of games there on the road. They're going to start out with the Twins. But if they can go ahead and get through there, then you're right, Uncle Dave. They'll see the Pirates for a couple games. They'll see the Royals. They'll see the Tigers. You know, they're going to get a lot of games against those teams. But once they get through that tough beginning stretch, and I think if the Sox could come out and those hitters and pitchers, you know, are in line, you know, that they go can go ahead and create some trouble. I'm curious what the back end of that lineup does. And if they do feast, um, that could be a pretty good team. We do have one player prop surrounding this team, Uncle Dave. It's going to be Dallas Keuchel. Right now his over and under for strikeouts, 53.5. Total wins, 4.5. Now, there is some juice to the under on his wins, minus 130. I'm curious what you think about his strikeouts. Do you think he could exceed 53.5 or exceed 4.5 wins this season? Well, I think he could. Uh, I don't know about the wins. You know, we've talked a lot about pitching pitchers' win totals, and, you know, we just don't know how these managers are going to play these guys, period. Uh, so I'm, I'm not keen on, on individual player wins. Uh, but I do think he can exceed his strikeouts. You know, that's that's 50, 53 strikeouts in 60 games. That's, uh, what's that, about 140-ish for a season. I think the big advantage that Keiko's going to have is pitching in the AL Central. You know, he's going to face a lot of teams uh, that haven't seen a whole lot of them. And then he's got 20 games against the uh, NL Central uh, teams that haven't seen a lot of them. You know, if he was pitching in the – in the uh, in the AL West, you know, when he went from Houston, say he was with the Rangers or uh, the Angels, what have you, um, I wouldn't feel that way. But you know, he's he's playing against a ton of teams that haven't seen him. So yeah, I think he can get over the strikeouts. Obviously, provided he remains healthy and you know gets a start every five days, absolutely. All right, Uncle Dave, good information there. I want to jump over to the other Chicago team, a team that I'm actually quite high on here, the Chicago Cubs. Their total for this year are going to be 32.5, plus 115 to go ahead and make the playoffs. And as I mentioned, their World Series odds right now, right around 22, 25 to 1. Uncle Dave, there's a lineup that actually, you know, it, it, it resembles that World Series lineup from years ago. And, you know, the fact that they added DH, I mean, this lineup is already deep. Now you're going to add another bat into this lineup. You know, this lineup is scary. I mean, you got Kipnis all the way in the nine. You got Elmore, Hap, Hayward. Contreras, Schwarber, Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant. I mean, that's a deep lineup. My guess is that if you have any concern, you know, it might be with the pitching staff. I think it's half decent. And if these guys could play to their ceiling, I think this Cubs team could be trouble. I mean, you have Darvish, Hendricks, Lester, Quintana, Chatwood. You also have Kimbrell, you know, coming out of the bullpen. I like this Cubs team. I would actually go ahead and, and if I was playing any of these central teams to make the playoffs, plus 115, uh, it would be the Cubbies for me. Tell me what you like, what you dislike about this Cubs team. Tell me where I should be looking. Well, what I what I dislike, um, I don't know that I dislike it because the jury's still out. They don't have Joe Madden. And a lot, of, very few managers to me in baseball are, are worth wins, and, and Joe Madden is. Um, David Ross, love the guy. You know, you guys know a lot of former catchers are, are great managers in the big leagues, but he's also new – new on the job and you know the cubs you know i've been i've been thinking about this a lot and you know we have to deal with a lot of variables this year with 
you know, obviously strange schedules, a lot of games in a, in a lot of days. And obviously if and when anybody gets sick and has to sit. Um, but, you know, it hasn't happened yet. So I wonder if really some of these teams are just going to kind of continue to be what they were last year. Now, I don't know that yet, but, but it's just a thought I had today. And when I look at the Cubs and you talk about a dichotomy, there were 21 games above 500 at home last year and 14 games under 500 on the road. So, uh, you know, that has to change an awful lot for me to be high on the Cubs, I guess. And, you know, I'm kind of looking at them as a, as a game-to-game bet as far as a futures bet. You know, they're just not a good play-on team against left-handed pitching. You know, Rizzo doesn't handle it well. Uh, things may get worse with Kipnis for all I know. Um, he's never been dominant against left-handed pitching. And, you know, and, and clearly they have the best rotation in that division, I would say. Now, um, you know, Darvish, we don't know what's up with him. Hendricks is going to start opening day. Lester's getting older. I've always felt Quintana was overrated. But none of them are awful. Uh, and Kimbrell, well, he's kind of a feast or famine type closer. So, you know, they have the talent. I just don't know if they have the motivation. And, you know, I'm going to look to bet against the Cubs when they play left-handed pitching and when Contreras is not behind the plate because there's a significant drop-off after that. So I don't know. Uh, I don't have a, a real feel for their future. Um, and, and mainly because I think that division is truly a toss-up. I mean, I don't, I, I can't, I, anybody but the Pirates could win that division. So, you know, I'm going to wait to see what you have to say about the Cubs and being high in their future. I'm looking at the Cubs as more of a single-game, um, big-time betting opportunity in certain situations this year. Well, I think my first thought is that I know the potential that this team has in this lineup, you know, with their pitching lineup and their and their batting lineup. I think that there's, you know, potential for them to win to win the World Series. And we've seen, you know, countless number of these guys there before. When we talked about Ross, you know, one of the things that I don't like when it comes to a new manager is if he has a bunch of new players and he has to adapt to, you know, new personalities and things like that you know, knowing where he's going to put guys in the lineup. But I always felt pretty comfortable with this Cubs team year after year that these guys knew what their jobs were. They knew where they were going to play. There doesn't seem like there's a lot of animosity, you know, within the within the dugout. So I feel that Ross coming in, you know, he's a team guy. I mean, these guys all know him. A lot of these guys actually played with him at one time or another. I mean, he was probably there with them at some point, you know, during spring training in the last couple of years. I feel he'll fit right in. And, I, and I'm not sure that you really need – to go ahead and manage guys who have been on this team for a number of years who know what the hell they're doing. And, you know, they learn from Madden and they know how to win. So uh, I feel pretty good overall with the makeup of the Cubs. I think, you know, if you're looking for a team with, you know, that, that has longevity, that's been there, done that, and has won before, um, I you know, I can't look past the Cubs, you know, making a run this season. You know, one of the props that I actually like for this team, Chris Bryant, he'll be batting leadoff this season. And you can't pitch around. Rizzo in the two. You can't pitch around Baez. You're going to have to throw to those guys because then you're stuck throwing to Schwarber and Contreras and Hayward and Hap. Um, I, I think Bryant ends up on base quite a bit this year. I don't want to play his hits over, but I have a feeling that, you know, he could get over the runs just because of the lineup is so powerful behind him. His total right now, 31 and a half. And I'm making some small pizza bets on some of these props, Uncle Dave. One of the things I like about, you know, betting these player props this season, the fact that it is a short season. It is a sprint. The books aren't going to have a whole lot of my money because I'm not going to tie up a lot in these future wagers. So if I had to make one here, it would be Chris Bryant over the total of 31 and a half runs. Now we talked about two teams that were, you know, pretty good there, Uncle Dave. I want to talk about a team that's terrible and we should be able to float through the Detroit Tigers rather quickly. Right now, this team, Uncle Dave, at some sports books, 500 to one to go ahead and win it all. I don't believe that that's going to happen. It's going to take some kind of a miracle. But if we look at what they are to make the playoffs, Uncle Dave, I believe they were 33 to 1. Let me pull up my numbers here on Detroit. Yes, correct. 33 to 1 to go ahead and make the playoffs. A win total of just 21 and a half. I look up and down this lineup. The most notable name in that lineup is Miggy Cabrera. But Uncle Dave, I've seen Cabrera over the last couple of years. He seems to be slipping 
I don't know what to do with this Tiger team. My gut feeling says maybe we play the Tigers under because you had mentioned that there's so many teams that they're going to play this season, you know, that might have a legitimate chance that might play all the way until the end. The only way I could look with this Tiger team is under. I don't really see a whole lot of positives with this team. Tell me what's going on with this Tigers team. Well, I don't know if I can tell you what's going on with the Tigers team, but uh, you know, futures bets are just off the table for me with those guys. You know, I, I looked at what they did last year, and this kind of coincides with what I said with whether, you know, whether we 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 try to reconfigure these whole teams from a betting standpoint, or whether we just take what they did last year for a little bit. And I looked at what they did last year, and check this out: they had 24 blown saves, 38 times they were plus 200 or more underdogs. They were only favored in 26 games. 52 of their losses were by four or more runs. So what do you do with a team like that? You know, do you automatically bet against them every time? Well, I don't think you do that. I mean, you actually do like their their pitching a little better than Kansas City's. You know, I, I you know, Boyd is capable. Uh, Fulmer is on the DL, though. Spencer Turnbull is capable. Norris is on the 10-day DL. Ivan Nova, capable. Uh, but by the same token, I just don't know where the runs are going to come from, like you said. Um, but, you know, what's interesting, and, and I'm always looking, I'll find a reason to bet every team in a certain situation. And I think you can find situations where the plus one and a half run line with these guys has some merit. Now, I, you know, I could spend another 30 minutes telling you where those might be. I looked at their situations last year. You know, I have a chart, you know, home, away, you know, left-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher, day games, night games, whatever. And when their, their best situation was when they were a plus 200 or more underdog, uh, they were only a negative two and a half units. So, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not awful. And that tells me that how many of those games were run, run, one run losses, you know, so taking them, on the run line against some of those teams may not be the worst thing. And, you know, I may look to do that with the Tigers and, you know, I'll probably seriously get some grief from any clients that say, what are you doing taking the Tigers? Uh, but, you know, there's a reason for everything. And you can get great value, but you just got to know where to look. And, you know, I can attest to the fact that the Tigers did lose a bunch of one-run games last year because I cannot tell you how many times I – I tried taking them last year as huge underdogs, and, and they had a lead going into the ninth and ended up losing by a run. So, you know, that's that's just personal experience. I don't have the numbers to back that up. But, you know, I do enough of this all day, every day, to know that that was a, that was a costly situation for me uh, not taking the run line. So, yeah, I think you can find some value there with them. But, you know, uh, they're only favored in 26 games, which is, you know, one out of approximately seven. So that would be 60. That'd be like, like, I mean, how many games are they going to be favored this year? You know, one out of one out of seven this year is probably like, uh, what, eight games they'll be favored this year. So uh, it's not pretty in Motown, but there are situations where I could conceivably put a dollar on them uh, at home with a run line against another team that I don't have faith is going to put up a ton of runs or doesn't need to. You know, as you're talking about the run line, Uncle Dave, the only thing I could think about was their run differential last year was the worst in Major League Baseball. It was 333 runs was their run differential. They only scored 582 runs, and they gave up 915. And the fact that they finished, you know, 53 games out of first place in that division, you know, it, it, it does worry me, um, you know, about that team. And as you mentioned, you know, if, if you can't – you know, win money with that team straight up. They only won 47 games. So, you know, you would need a pretty good price on them each and every game to go ahead and, and find yourself in a profitable situation. But, you know, maybe go ahead and take them on the run line or looking for that alternate run line because we know that this team more than likely is going to be disrespected by the odds makers. And a lot of people, you know, they're not going to want to bet the Tigers. They're going to want to go ahead and bet, you know, the Brewers and the Cubs and the White Sox and the Cardinals, you know, when this team has to face them. And I think the fact that, you know, we're in a shortened season and we're at we're at a point where, 
you know, these books are going to try to go ahead and price gouge. They're going to, you know, do anything they can to go ahead and uh, make ends meet because, you know, they lost a lot of money. You know, maybe we can go ahead and get an alternate plus two and a half run line, you know, with the Tigers where, you know, maybe we only have to lay minus 110 or minus 120. I feel pretty good about that. And we can make up some of that margin, but 333 run differential uh, is a little bit worrisome for me going into the season, thinking about, you know, back in that team to just go ahead and win straight up. Let's go over to one more team here, Uncle Dave. That absolutely stinks. Let's talk about the Kansas City Royals. Now, here's another team, Uncle Dave, 500 to 1 to go ahead and win it all. And I think they were plus 1,600 to go ahead and make the playoffs. I would not bet this team to make the playoffs. But I think this is a team, Uncle Dave, if you dig a little bit, maybe you could find some player props on some of these guys. There are some guys, at least within the uh, within the batting order, you know, that could go ahead and, and, you know, they're spotty at times, to be honest with you. But, you know, overall, I do not like their pitching at all. And I think that might be something that you would agree on. Why don't you tell me about the Royals, Uncle Dave? I think they could be improved a little bit from last year. I'm not, like, totally against this team. I think they do have some pieces if, if they play to their – their best potential but why don't you go ahead and uh, talk about the Royals and what you see with that team going into this season well there's a there's a you know I told you I I they could be as equally bad as the Tigers but like you said it all depends on their pitching and you know, I just don't think they have any Danny Duffy's their number one and there was a time when Duffy was just coming up I really liked him a lot but you know that was a time that is long since passed and you know his ERA Last two years, 4.34, 4.88. You know, I know ERA is a it's an antiquated stat. Um, you know, his whip is equally bad. He he can get wild. And any team, Sleepy, this is any team because there's another costly pitcher for me, uh, Trevor Rosenthal. Any pitcher that has Trevor Rosenthal, or any 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 team that has Trevor Rosenthal uh, in their lineup is somebody that I I just kind of like cringe when I when I go to make a bet. You know, we all have those guys. They have some hitters, and I'll be looking at overs with them. You know, there's a lot of guys on that team I really like. You know, Dozer, Merrifield, Gordon. You know, what Merrifield I love. That kid's a baller. Uh, but this team was 24th in runs allowed last year, and that's playing in somewhat of a pitcher's park. You know, they gave up 5.3 runs a game, and, you know, I just don't see that happening. They only scored 4.3 runs a game, and, and, you know, I don't see that getting a lot worse. Combine the two, that's 9.7 runs a game. Uh, and last year, the home games, and again, the home games in a pitcher's park, which is Kauffman Stadium, is uh, 57% to the over. And then you look at their bullpen ERA, last year it was over five. So uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm looking at Royals overs uh, because they have a lineup that can produce runs if they get hitting. You know, they have those slap guys, and sometimes they just get uh, – you know, aside from their second baseman, Nicky Lopez, who came up in clutch situations twice a week last year and, and, and screwed me, but, you know, once bitten, twice shy. But, you know, they can put up runs in bunches, but, you know, almost like the Tigers, you know, they're, they're not going to do it often. They're not going to do it all the time. There's going to be times they're going to do it. And if they uh, don't have any pitching, which they don't, um, they're going to give up a lot of runs. So, you know, I, I'm looking at Royals right now. Obviously, there's there's no value in any futures there, but I think they're going to be good for overs. And I think that a lot of their totals uh, have been uh, lower half a run or so than they should be, uh, mainly because they play in that big stadium. And, you know, I don't see that changing this year, all things being equal. So, you know, there's my, my value in the Royals is on the overs, uh, especially at home. You know, I, I kind of agree with you with that one there. I like the addition of Franco, I think the fact that you had a, you know, a decent number of players last year that missed time for this team, you know, obviously that, you know, that, that certainly hurt their, their run scored throughout the year. You know, I, I guess one of the things is, you know, if this pitching becomes worse, which it could, you know, if they just, if they end up, you know, getting beat up uncle Dave, um, you know, maybe those pitchers don't come out and really start firing, but I think for a 60 game stretch, you know, these hitters are going to try to do everything that they can you know, to go ahead and look good going in the next season, especially a team like this who, you know, a lot of these guys might be searching for jobs next year. And I think that that's something that we should consider. So uh, I certainly wouldn't be against you, you know, with that one, Uncle Dave. Let's circle around to the team that you've been talking about, Uncle Dave, one of the teams you like, you know, a lot, and that's the Minnesota Twins. Their season win total right now, 34 and a half, minus 215 
to go ahead and make the playoffs. We have a player prop here that we'll talk over surrounding Nelson Cruz. I think their lineup is 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 pretty good, and I think that their pitching has taken a hit over the years, if you ask me. I don't know where to go with the Twins, Uncle Dave. I think that they're, they're a team that a lot of people are, are betting. I'm going to let you go ahead and talk to me about them. What are you thinking? Well, I, I mean, I think the Twins have the best lineup, but they're like some of those other teams that we've talked about that, you know, they have a lot of bashers, but they strike out a lot. So, you know, they're not going to be um, – they're not going to be as automatic, I think, maybe as, you know, and, and I'll go back on myself, maybe as automatic as I might have thought, you know, a month ago. You know, I like a lot about that team. They had five thirty home run guys last year, and obviously they added Josh Donaldson. Um, that You know – I think their starters are as good or better than they have been. You know, Barrios, Odorizzi, and Hill are all you know, more than respectable. In fact, Barrios is 20 to 1 and Hill's 25 to 1 to win the AL Cy Young. So, you know, they have pitchers. You know, they, they've got Kenta Meda, Odorizzi, Homer Bailey. Um, the, the thing that I, I like about a guy like Homer Bailey and, and even Odorizzi uh, is that they tend to be fly ball pitchers. Odorizzi got away with that big time in Tampa Bay, uh, and and uh, and he will here, uh, as Phil Hughes always did for years, and Homer Bailey as a big time fly ball pitcher, something he could get away with there. So, you know, I think their starters are underrated. You know, I don't think Berrios is maybe as good as he has been. Let's just say, or you know, I don't know that he is. I don't, I don't know how I word this. Um, you know, he's a great pitcher. Uh, is he uh, the be-all, end-all? Um, I'm not so sure about that. I think that he's thrown an awful lot of innings. He's been an awful lot of hurt. You know, I don't know that Berrios is anywhere near the Cy Young Award winner. I mean, the kid's only 26, but, you know, he's thrown a ton of innings. He threw 200 innings last year. He almost threw 200 innings the year before. So I think you're going to see a little regression out of Odorizzi. In fact, I, I might look to fade them Friday night. So, you know, when I when I, when I I rethink what I thought a couple of months ago, I'm not sure I'm ready to, to buy the Twins. I mean, they're, they're prohibitive favorites to win that division. You know, they're 150, 150, you know, they're prohibitive favorites to win that division. They're minus 150-ish at most places. And, you know, Cleveland at 275 plus 300 is – probably their the second favorite in that division. You know, I, I wonder, uh, and the White Sox are plus three and a quarter, as we talked about. I wonder if there's that many degrees of separation uh, between the Twins and the White Sox and Cleveland. You know, and it may well be if everybody plays, you know, to their potential, doesn't get hurt. But I always go back to the fact that, you know, it's a 60-game season, anything can happen. And, and, and I just don't know. Uh, that the Twins be in such a feast or famine team. I mean, you know, if they're hitting home runs, they're going to score 12 runs a game. If they're not, you know, they don't have those, you know, they don't have those guys that are going to move the runner along or or, 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 or bunt in certain situations. Don't get me started on that. Um, but, you know, I, I like the Twins. Uh, I'm not sure I love the Twins as much as I did, say, two months ago. So, you know, I'll let you tell me where you fall on that one because I'm uh, – I'm having second thoughts. You know, I think eventually they're going to be they're going to be tough to stop just because that lineup is so powerful. But one of the bets I want to make here, Uncle Dave, and I want you to tell me if you agree or disagree, is Nelson Cruz, his hits under, and his under right now is fifty four and a half. And one of the reason I think that he goes under, I don't think there's going to be a pitcher that's intimidated one bit by Josh Donaldson. I think Donaldson's years are, are way past him. And the fact that he's going to end up going from, you know, the Blue Jays over to Atlanta, you know, he hasn't been in this division long enough to see any of these pitchers. And I don't think there's going to be a pitcher that's scared to go up against him. I think Cruz is going to benefit in a big way of getting on base this season, you know, because he's going to get walked because they're not afraid of Donaldson at all. So I, I think Cruz is going to be it would be different if Cruz were in the five. And maybe Donaldson was three and, and they moved, you know, even if they, they put Cruz in the four and left Rosario at the five, I could understand that. But the fact that Cruz is before Donaldson, 
I just simply do not like that. And I think Cruz is going to suffer in some way, shape or form. I would think walks might be over, but I also think, you know, that his hits may suffer at 54 and a half. How do you feel about Cruz, Uncle Dave, um, you know, with his hits on the season, but, you know, batting before Donaldson, you kind of feel the same way I do? Yeah, in in a sense I do. Um, You know, the guy strikes out a lot. Last year, 131 times in, in 120 games and the year before 122 times. But, you know, there's a little thing here that, you know, and I don't, I don't understand this uptick is he hit 311 last year, which, you know, that's a, that's a season high unless you go back to 2010. Well, it went back when he was with Texas. And you'd have to go back to 2015 to find a year that he hit uh, over 290. So, you know, has the guy learned to be a little more patient? Well, the strikeouts tell you no. Uh, the, the, the not too many walks tell you no. Uh, but you know the guy hit 311 last year, and I guess I guess that uh, to your point, uh, it all depends on who pitches to whom in that lineup. You know, I think that you know if Donaldson does get on or whatever, do they do they pitch around Cruz if, if first base is open? So I can go either way on that. Uh, I'm inclined to go under just because I tend to think that that 311 batting average last year is probably the outlier. You know, he only had 256 the year before. But then again, he was with Seattle uh, and, and and no protection in the lineup. So, you know, that's a tough one. You know, he had some rough years in Seattle, but, you know, he never really had any protection in that lineup. I mean, Cano was never any good. You know, maybe Kyle Seeger. And he's got protection in this lineup. So I think you'll see his walks go up, which, which may mean his hits may go down. So I guess when I have to bottom line this, I'm, I'm going to say I agree with you. And I had to talk that through uh, because I did not have a predetermined destination with that one whatsoever. But, you know, the more I'm looking at it, the more I'm thinking that you're probably right. And that's one of the things that I love about the podcast, Uncle Dave, when we talk. You know, when we, we don't rehearse this stuff, it's more of let's get on the podcast and let's talk through our thoughts and, and try to figure out what's, you know, what's going on here and what we're thinking and what we're seeing. And, you know, when it comes time for us to, you know, correct our mistakes and make the adjustments that we think, you know, that we, that we need to make, you know, we end up making out in the long run, but, you know, I think the only way I really lose that one, uncle Dave, and, and this is, you know, something that, that I think people can question is, you know, the health of Josh Donaldson throughout the 60 game stretch, you know, will he be healthy? And if he does get taken out of that lineup, I think that eventually hurts me because then maybe they move Sano into the four. And that's a guy that I don't think, I think that they would much rather pitch to a Donaldson than they would like us to know. So um, hopefully I'm just hoping that Donaldson stays healthy this season and, uh, you know, he doesn't scare anybody. And I think I'll actually end up making out uh, with that specific prop. Let's jump over to another team here, Uncle Dave, that, you know, they they can contend. I don't think they're going to make it. Indians 32 and a half minus 118 to go ahead and make the playoffs. I felt that their time was, you know, the last couple of years. And I think it's starting to slowly pass them, Uncle Dave. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts here on the Indians. I do like their pitching, but because I like Bieber, I like Clevenger. I think they're okay. I don't think Carrasco is going to be, you know, what he was. But, you know, this overall, I think the Indians, you know, that they can make the playoffs, but they eventually just come up short. I just think they're, they're back into their lineup is a little too weak for me with uh, Santana, Naquan, Hernandez, and Perez. Tell me what you think about the Indians, Uncle Dave. Are you high on them or are you low? Well, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm kind of I kind of put them with the White Sox, to be honest with you. They have the the talent, you know. They have the manager, and I think people might be a little down on them because they traded Kluber. But as you said, they still have Clevenger and Bieber, um, and they're plus two sixty or so, two seventy five to win the division. Not out of the question, you know. They they have Lindor, and you know the guy's twelve to win the to win the MVP. He's kind of a five tool guy, you know. And then I wondered, do they have enough hitters? You know, I always sort of feel like Carlos Santana is 100 years old. But then I look what he did last year, and he probably had his best overall statistical year, um, you know, maybe ever. I mean, he hit 281, which was a career high. Uh, He hit 34 home runs, which was a career high. So, you know, if he can go back to what he used to be uh, when he was one of the most feared hitters in that lineup, I I think they can do some damage. Franco Reyes comes over. He's got some pop. But he slumped a bit after he came over to the AL, which you'd kind of expect because he's seeing a lot of new pitchers. 
Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, one time, uh, Mr. All Everything had a down year last year, but he missed 33 games. He was nicked up a lot. So, you know, I wonder if they have enough. I mean, I think they have enough pitching, even without Kluber. I think they have enough bullpen. You know, Brad Hand always scares me in the back end. Got some great stats. He's brutal on lefties. I think they only hit 196 against him last year. But he can be had by right-handed hitters. So I look at the I look at the Indians, kind of look I look at the White Sox. There's just a lot of ifs there. If everything falls into place, they can be a team that could make the postseason. Now I, I think they probably have the best manager uh, in Tito in the in that division. And you know, I think managers are gonna play a, a little bit bigger role, as I've mentioned. So you know, I'm not going to count Cleveland out. Um, I'm probably not as down on him as a lot of people. Uh, but, you know, that kind of goes back to what I said about both these central divisions is, for the most part, you know, they're crapshoots. I mean, it truly would not surprise me if either the White Sox, Cleveland, or the Twins won this division. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the Twins have to be favorites only because of what they did last year. But it's a 60-game season, and they got bombers. You know, you either bomb or you get bombed sometimes. And, I think Cleveland has a little bit more ways to win. You know, I think they, they have enough guys that can just play and get on base as opposed to maybe the White Sox. So, you know, I'm a little higher on Cleveland than maybe um, maybe the rest of the world is. And, you know, maybe I'll eat those words, but you asked. You know, my, my first thought, Uncle Dave, is like I always have to go back to like what it takes to win a title and, and what a team looked like. You know when when they when they almost won it, and I look at the Cleveland Indians, and I'm like, I, I you know, from I'm just going back a couple of years ago, like I felt that their lineup was better, I felt that their pitching was better. I mean, you had Bauer in there, you had Kluber in there, um, you know, those guys are gone. I, I there's a lot of guys out of the lineup, and go back to that bullpen, Uncle Dave. When that Indians bullpen, when they were making their, you know, their World Series run, I mean, who who I forget who they had in there behind, but there was Miller. And there was another guy that was just lights out. It was like you could just could not hit that bullpen. And now you you know now you got Brad Hand and and I and I don't think that their bullpen is anything special. Now I, I worry about this team. The more that I look at them, Uncle Dave, and the more that I think about them and the talent that's in in this you know central division here, I might actually be tempted to go ahead and play the Indians under, just because I think that there just might be you know, this whole mystique about, you know, how, how good they've been over the last couple of years. But at some point, you know, you either have to win an Uncle Dave or that window closes. And then what happens after that window closes is you better start picking up players and really revamp your team. And I felt like, you know, that they, they're, they're kind of headed more towards rebuild than, than anything. So maybe I'm wrong, but I look at this Indians team and if I were going to do anything with them as of right now, after we talked about this for a little bit, Uncle Dave, it might even be play their season win total under. Tell me about the Pirates, Uncle Dave. Is this a team we can make money on? I don't like their pitching staff at all. I'm not not really excited about Musgrove or Trevor Williams, who's been there for a while. And then you got Keller, Derek Holland, and Brawl. Like, I, I just think this pitching staff is going to, you know, I think they're going to get bombed this year. And they, they, obviously they don't have the lineup that they had in the years past. Their win total right now, Uncle Dave, 25 and a half plus 1,500 to go ahead and make the playoffs. I can see them winning some games, but I'm not sure 25 and a half. You know, this Pirates team, again, you know, there's a team that, that you know, sat in the same position at once like, you know, the Indians did where, you know, they had the pitching, they had the lineup, they had the bullpen. And eventually you, you fall apart and pieces got to go and, you know, it turns into this rebuild. So I don't know. Well, tell me about the Pirates, Uncle Dave. I think eerily similar to me to uh, what, what the Indians were, you know, a number of years ago. Well, I'm going to tell you about the Pirates. But before I do that, I want to give a shout out to my mother. Um, she, you know, since we've had this whole COVID thing, I haven't been able to go up and visit her for probably maybe five months. And, she started listening to our podcasts just so she can hear our voices, or mainly mine. And she says, hey, say hi to Sleepy for me. Uh, so I have to do that, and I have to do that on the air. Uh, she's even got to the point now where she writes down all our bets, and she writes down all our golf things on the weekends. So she stays involved. So, you know, shout out to mom. Uh, and, and with that, I'll tell you what I think about the Pirates. You know, 
believe it or not, the Pirates were the best over team in baseball last year, almost 60% of their games. Now, mind you, the Pirates are used to playing without fans, so this is no net effect this year. And when I was looking at over-under teams, what was interesting is the bottom three over teams are all in this division, Cardinals, Brewers, and Reds, uh, which surprised me the last two are Harris Parks, and maybe their totals are a little overinflated. Uh, and the Cardinals actually outscored their opponents by a decent margin too. So, you know, more on that later. I, I think the Pirates have adequate starters. You know, by adequate, I mean, you know, they're better than AAA guys. They have a terrible bullpen, Sleepy. I mean, it's, you know, we don't need to list guys. Their bullpen sucks. In fact, the Pirates' depth chart lists four closers, you know, and and where do I look for situations where they were profitable. They're actually profitable in interleague games last year. And, you know, now you know they're going to get 20 of them this year. So, again, there's going to be situations where uh, the Pirates, you can make money. I mean, you say you can make money on every team. Uh, I think Pirates overs, and I think Pirates in interleague games probably have a whole lot of merit. You know, maybe more so in interleague games now because they're obviously getting a DH. And, you know, one thing as you were, were talking about pitchers and innings and bullpens, you know, a lot of these National League pitchers, that are now going to have the DH in there, you know, they may get a few extra innings because they're not going to get hit for them in the, in the, in the sixth inning with only having thrown 75 to 80 pitches if the game's close uh, because they're not going to have to be. They're going to have a DH. So I think if you're going to start looking at props, um, you know, I think that the first thing that would come to mind there for me is the bullpens may be, a little less important in the NL than maybe they have been in the past. So, you know, as again, I'm just throwing out things. I have nothing planned. Uh, I just think of things and try to pass them on. But as far as the Pirates, yeah, I think there's a couple of situations you can make money, uh, overs, uh, and in the interleague. And, uh, you know, we'll just see what happens. Uncle Dave, I do have a question. As you were talking, I kind of was thinking about something here. You know, when you're talking about pitchers, you know, maybe going a little bit longer than normal. And I, I, let's just take any guy. You take Kershaw for the last couple of years. You know, he's been pitching, you know, his amount of innings, and he ends up with, you know, an end-of-the-year total where it'd be like, hey, you know, he threw 114 strikeouts and 114 and 113 and, you know, 99 or whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, I think the books are taking a lot of averages, but I wonder if they actually, you know, are thinking about what you just said is, you know, maybe some of these guys who were going 80, 90 pitches and, and you know, bring it, maybe they bring in the closer here or there. Maybe they do get one extra inning, you know, out of, you know, however many starts they make. And maybe maybe a lot of the pitching, you know, strikeouts or, or some of their season props are off, you know, just because of the DH. And maybe it's something that, you know, they're just taking numbers from the last couple of years and, and forgetting about the DH. And I don't think that that's, you know, very likely. But do you think there is even a possibility of that, that maybe, you know, some of these numbers could be wrong with some of these NL pitchers? Because, you know, that's something that we haven't talked about yet. Well, yeah, I think they I think they will be, you know, for sure. And and you're right. I mean, I think they've sort of taken averages and, and factored in the sort of, you know, public uh, persona about these guys. You know, obviously a guy like Kershaw and Mike Trout, you know, they're going to have inflated numbers. You know, they would they would take their average and then add 12% just because of the, the FU factor if you want to take overs, uh, which most people do. But, yeah, you know, as I talk that through, you know, guys in the NL um, may be able to get a few more innings now. You know, you just got to – I mean, it's, you know, Sleepy, we talk about this all the time, you know, off the air or, or text or whatever. You know, there's always situations where there's lines that, that things are not factored into, and, and it's our job to find them. Uh, and, and now – I think there's more of those if you can take the time to do it because, you know, as you said, you know, the books are trying to make up for lost revenue. They have a shitload of props out there now that were this a regular season, those props wouldn't even exist. So, you know, you know they're just throwing out numbers. Now, they probably have some pretty measly limits on them, but, you know, if you want to have some fun, don't forget it's only 60 days and hopefully this carries us to football and we're profitable, but, Yes, there are a ton of what will end up being clearly mispriced props only because the books are just sitting there with, you know, basically a stat sheet and, okay, if it's Mike Trout, we're going to 
we're going to inflate it. You know, if it's if it's the Mendoza line type of guy, we're going to deflate it and beg people to take the over. Uh, so yes, absolutely, I I am 100% in agreement with you. Whether or not anyone uh, that does anything other than baseball would have the time to go through all those, good luck with that. Because I know I certainly don't. You know, a lot of people ask me if I do sort of team totals and this and that and derivatives. And that's a good question. And I'll answer it again publicly is yes and no. Yes, because I almost have to stumble upon it just because the way my brain is wired to try to, you know, calculate first fives and full games. Uh, but, you know, there's tons of those. And I do think I'll be doing a lot more first fives this year just because we don't know about bullpens. We don't know how starters are going to go. So I think early on I, I will play more than likely, I've already gone up and down Friday slate, and I love a few games, but I'm debating whether to play the first five or split them. Uh, but to your point, yes. So uh, rather than ramble anymore, I agree with you, Sleepy. You know what I'm thinking, Uncle Dave, is the way I'll break that down. And one of the things that I told you about, like if it comes to, you know, playing guys over, at least in, in you know, with what I'm thinking is, you know, they got to at least have some type of a chance to make the playoffs. Now, look, there will be a few – exceptions to the rule here and there but you know if I can go maybe I find a pitcher who I think is on on a pretty good team where you know they're going to be in the running for the playoffs but maybe they have a weak bullpen and maybe their DH you know is somebody that you know they're not going to switch out of lineup maybe I can you know hand pick maybe you know maybe I could find one two three guys to go ahead because I, I think it would be fun you know having a pitcher out there where you have you know side action on where it's not like well I don't need to have the game at least in you know how it is, Uncle Dave. You know, you're following, you know, season win totals when you have the NFL stuff and be like, it would be pretty cool to, you know, just know, like maybe I pick like a guy like you, Darvish, or something like that and be like, all right, well, how Darvish do today? Even if I don't have action on him, you know, maybe he ended up going out and, you know, pitching, you know, maybe he went eight because they need him out there because the bullpen, you know, isn't the greatest or whatever. So um, I'm going to dig into that. I'm going to see if I can hand pick. And uh, maybe when we do our, our player prop pod, uh, maybe I can go ahead and, uh, you know, go ahead and find something for the for the listeners to go ahead and bet on. And, and I just want to add on to what you you were just saying. I, you know, playing all those props and and trying to handicap those props, if you will. You know, I, I said there's a there's a downside for me for for being spread too thin, uh, but there's an upside to more that you can do because everything you do should be a learning experience, uh, whether you win or lose. Um, usually more so when you lose. So, you know, the more things you can follow, the more data you're going to have going forward because there is going to be a next year. So, uh, you know, that may be a, a bigger discussion for the, for the pod prop uh, we're going to do. And I will, I will go into the, to the brewers here. You know, it's funny that I think they're the, the least discussed team this year that was 15 games over 500 last year. Uh, and they're another one of those teams – you know, much like the Cardinals, um, the Brewers were two games under 500 on the road. Um, they've got Josh Hader. He's probably one of, if not the best, closer in the game. And, and Woodruff is respectable. But is he really a true number one? I don't know about that. And after him, Hauser, Lindblom, and Brett Anderson, you know, not a lot of faith in those guys. You know, I, I can see the Brewers doing that sort of, sort of Tampa Bay thing with with a couple of those guys where they go out two or three innings and, and, and yank them in and have their sort of pre-planned rotation for the next eight or nine innings. But I love some of their players, you know, I, the, the, you know, Eric Sogard and Lorenzo Cain, you know, those guys are ballers and they'll just do anything to win. You know, they'll, they'll do the Pete Rose bashing into Ray Fossey and, you know, they'll dive on their nose. And of course, you know, any team with Yelich, you know, this is a 60 game season and and one player can carry a team for a little while, and, and Yelich is certainly capable of, capable of doing that. You know, I, I know Braun is already day to day, but you know, and, and if he doesn't play, uh, say Friday or whatever, I think that will affect their line. But it shouldn't, because Ryan Braun, quite frankly, hasn't been Ryan Braun since he started being able to pee in a cup. And, and I'll go to my grave saying that. Um, and then I'll just go right into the Cardinals there. They're very much like the Brewers. They're 17 games over 500 at home, 500 on the road. And that got me thinking, all, the, all these teams that are, that are so good at home and so mediocre on the road, 
you know, what does that do this year when we don't have fans? Is that edge diminished any? Well, I think it has to be diminished some, but, you know, by the same token, you know, opponents playing in these caverns with no fans, uh, that can't be, uh, can't be a good thing either. You know, and the Cardinals, they're just solid all around. Above average starters, above average bullpen, uh, any team with Yadier Molina, you know you're going to get 110% effort. So, you know, I almost can, can lay the Brewers and the Cardinals in terms of their expectations going forward, you know, on top of each other. You know, I, I think the Cardinals are all – the Cardinals probably a, a cut above them, and I don't know that the, that the odds reflect that, um, only because I think they have more ways to win. You know, they can win with pitching. You know, they got Flaherty and a few other guys I really like. Uh, I don't think the Brewers can win with pitching. Matter of fact, I know they can't win with pitching. So, you know, when you put those teams uh, next to each other, um, I have to put the separation in favor of the Cardinals uh, just because they're a considerably more well-rounded team. You know, it's always hard to bet against uh, my boy Yelich and uh, Sogard and Kane, but I have to think that, you know, in a short season, you know, the Brewers have had their chances. Cardinals really haven't of late, and, and the Cardinals are just a, you know, a little more storied franchise. I think that the Cardinals are one of those teams that go into this and go, you know, maybe we got just enough to get this done in 60 games, and they do. So uh, if I had to discount one of those teams, it'd be Milwaukee, uh, but I'm not going to discount them as far as the Pirates. So I will, I will leave those two teams up to you. What do you got? Well, I certainly think the Brewers could probably make the playoffs. Right now they're plus 200 to make the playoffs. I don't think that that's, you know, I think that's quite fair. 30 and a half wins on a season. Uncle Dave, I do have a question for you, and this is something that, you know, I would put, you know, maybe a small pizza bet on. You know, when it comes to Josh Hader, and we look at this rotation, I think Hader's going to end up getting a lot of innings this year. And if the Brewers do make the playoffs, I think they're going to point their finger at one player. And look, it might be Yelich, but if they point their finger at another player, it might be Hader and say the reason why this team made the playoffs is because this guy pitched you know, X amount of innings this year. He, you know, maybe he broke a a 60 game record. Like there could for strikeout, maybe he broke a 60 game record for strikeouts. There could be something in the cards for Hader, you know, to potentially win the NL Cy Young. And, you know, you can get him at like 50 to one odds. So let's just say I had 10 bucks, Uncle Dave, in my pocket. And I said, you know what, I have a hunch in my stomach here. Hader wins the Cy Young. Tell me if you think it's a good bet, bad bet, terrible, or maybe a potential winner bet. I don't know, but I'm just thinking about things I can do with this team. And I can see Hader being in, in some type of a weird discussion that if the Brewers do make the playoffs, that they're pointing the finger at that guy saying he's the reason why they made it. Because I don't I don't like that starting rotation for the pitchers. I think they might be coming in and coming out, and Hader might end up getting a lot of innings. Yeah, and Hayter's a guy that they will put in in the eighth to try to get a two-inning save or a, or a four-out save. You know, I, I, he had seven blown saves last year, so, you know, that's a bit more than I'd like. I think he had five the year before. But he's had a whip. You know, in 2017 when he came into the league, his whip, which is walks and hits to innings pitched, which is something I'm, I'm fairly high on without getting into saber metrics, a .99. And the next two years – 0.81 and 0.81. I mean, that's just insane. And just when you thought he couldn't get any better in 2018, he struck out 143 guys in 81 innings. The last year, he strikes out 138 guys in 75 innings. I mean, so yes, absolutely. The guy is an absolute freak. Um, you know, strikeouts to walks, almost seven. You know, 138 Ks, 20 walks. I mean, that. I mean, that's just insane. So, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, that would be one of those uh, pie-in-the-sky bets that I could totally see happening under the right set of circumstances. Well, maybe I'll go ahead and do that one. Hopefully, you know, I'll get lucky enough and Hater goes out and has a good season and the spotlight is uh, shining on him if they do, in fact, make the playoffs. Maybe I have a chance to hit that one. We have the Cardinals 32-and-a-half for a season win total plus 125 to go ahead and make the playoffs. I don't have anything really bad to say about this team, Uncle Dave. I think that if they play to their ceiling, this team could be trouble. I like their pitching. I like Flaherty. I like Hudson. I like Mikolas. 
Wainwright, eh, I'm all right. You know, whatever. He's going to be probably below 500. And Carlos Martinez, if he actually ends up in the in the rotation, I think he's probably, you know, maybe an under 500 guy. But I like the pitchers. You got Goldie, Carpenter, Wong, DeJong, Molina, you know, Fowler. There's guys there that can hit. But I think they all need to play at their ceiling to go ahead and make a run. I'm not sure. Um, I'm up in the air. Uh, I'm going to let you discuss it, and then maybe you could help me kind of, uh, you know, come up with a, a much better thought about the Cardinals. But overall, I, I think I like them. Just don't know if I would put a lot of money. Just, oh, and it's funny, Uncle Dave, as I'm sitting here looking, their closer, Andrew Miller, who I was discussing, is no longer with the Cleveland Indians. But we'll let that go for another day. Uncle Dave, tell me about the Cardinals. Well, I kind of I told, told you a little bit ago, I kind of lumped them in with – with Milwaukee, you know they're they're a phenomenal home team, seventeen games above five hundred. Um, I just think that St. Louis doesn't have a lot of holes, and that's going to bode them well uh, because you know let's say a guy gets hurt or a guy gets you know God forbid tests positive and has to do whatever the rules say. Um, the thing that really carried them last year, and it will carry them again this year because you know these guys these teams are playing. Uh, 40 out of 60 games in their own division. And in a sprint, you know, I think whoever wins these divisions, most of it's probably going to come down to who does well within their division. Uh, And last year, the Cardinals were 16 games above 500 in their division. Now, that's huge. Uh, And I think if they can do that again, I think the Cardinals have a legit shot to win. I just think they have – I think they can – like, you know, a team like the Brewers, you know, they use Yellicks, they're probably screwed. A team like the Cubs, um, I don't know who they could lose. I don't have as much faith in, in them as you do. They just can't hit left-handed pitching. Um, but I don't think there's any team I can look at here that um, I think the, the, the Cardinals could sustain a whack somewhere along the line, you know, be it uh, with somebody goes out or, or whatever. I just – I think they're a little deeper. I think – you know, I don't know that, like – you know, I mean, obviously they don't have a Yelich, but if you look at the bottom, uh, the bottom of the Cardinals is the, the ceiling there is much higher than the bottom of the Brewers. So I actually like the Cardinals. Um, I, I, they could win that division, you know, especially if you look at what they did within their division last year. Um, and I think they're a better team. You know, a guy like Flaherty's got another year under his belt. So, you know, I, I, I just think that you know I can't find a reason to poke holes in St. Louis and. And, and when I look at teams, I always look at teams or bets that I make. I always look at how I can lose. I know how I can win. Everybody knows how you can win. You, know, you can win if Ryan Braun hits three home runs or Kristen Yelich hits, uh, you know, five for six and knocks in 15 runs. But let's look at how we can lose, even if those guys do do that. And I don't see that down scenario with St. Louis as much as I do with some other teams. So I'm actually pretty high on St. Louis, Sleepy. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that, that could happen to them in a negative way is, you know, you lose Flaherty Hudson or, you know, Miles Mikolas. I think one of those guys go out, then your rotation seems to get, you know, it goes from it goes from pretty deep to, you know, pretty thin. But as you mentioned with that lineup, Uncle Dave, I mean, they can lose a guy out of there. Maybe not like a Goldschmidt or something like that. You know, if he's having a Goldschmidt type of season, you know, maybe that would, you know, create a little bit of issue. But you know, they're a pretty deep team. I think 32 and a half, you know, feels right. I think plus 125 to make the playoff feels right. Let's jump to our final team here, the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are going to be 31 and a half for a season win total, plus 110 to make the playoffs. A lot of people high on this team here, Uncle Dave. We got a couple player props here that are going to surround their pitchers. I'm not sure about this Reds team. You know, I thought that they had a, a good squad a, a couple years ago, but I don't know. I, I think 31 and a half and plus 110 to make the play. I might actually find the no on the Reds to make the playoffs if they're even offering it. We know these books are, they don't like to offer a lot of no's, but I'll let you go ahead and, and uh, talk through here with the Reds, Uncle Dave. What are you thinking? That's an enigma to me. You know, I, I like the Reds, and I, people that listen religiously here probably knows I've talked about them before um, I obviously liked them before the pandemic thing. And I guess I have to figure out if I still like them, you know, I'm not enamored with their starters, um, but they have upsides, you know, Sonny Gray, um, you know, who knows what you're going to get, you know, Sonny Gray is one of those guys. And there's a long list of them that 
pitched really well in Oakland and then made the big contract and the big trade. Uh, but everybody pitches really well in Oakland because that is so much of a pitcher's park. You know, there's a, a list a mile long of ex-Oakland pitchers. Uh, you know, Castillo is a great pitcher, but he always seems to be overvalued. I never know what you're going to get with Trevor Bauer. You know, he's a good pitcher. He's a well above average pitcher. Uh, I'm not sure that his feet are both on the ground. You know, if you ever follow him on Twitter, um, he's pretty active and pretty vocal. Um, so, you know, I never know what I'm going to get when he walks out of the mound. You know, same with Wade Miley. You know, he, he can be a beast, but Wade Miley can also be a fly ball pitcher. Uh, and that's the wrong park to be a fly ball pitcher in, as most people that follow baseball know. I think adding Mustakas clearly changes things for the better. You know, the guy knows how to win. I think, you know, Castellanos coming over from the Tigers. Um, he didn't do well last year or two in Detroit, but he didn't have anybody in the lineup to protect him. I mean, he's not Miggy, uh, but he was probably one of the few uh, danger spots they had in their lineup. And I think you throw him in this lineup, I think he's going to do better. So, okay, Castellanos prop over. Um, and now that they have a DH, that's going to let Winkler play every day and keeps him out of left field where he's a, a big-time defensive liability. So I'm somewhat high on the Reds. Not high. I mean, you know, high would be they're going to win the World Series. Probably not. Uh, but it's, again, you know, every team has a situation where they can be profitable. And as bad as their overall record last year, they were above 500 at home and they still do have Joey Votto. And, you know, this is one of those teams clearly that could see a 60 game sprint uh, be favorable to them. You know, going into the season, they might think, you know, hell, we got the talent. We don't need to sustain it for six months. So, you know, I'm higher on the Reds than most people. I don't know if I've downgraded them a little bit since since the spring and, and we had to sort of redo all the work. Um, but I don't think the Reds are going to suck nearly as bad as a lot of people do. And I don't know if you agree or not, Sleepy. Let me know about that. Well, I certainly don't think they're going to suck, but I think they're going to end up being, you know, a team that's kind of a thorn in the side for a lot of a lot of teams. You know, I, I particularly don't think their lineup is all that great. You know, and they had Moustakis, they had Castellanos, they had a, a Freddie Galvis. I mean, there's names on there. I mean, there's guys on there who've had success in the past, and then they get the, uh, you know, the kid from Japan. Is that where he's from, Uncle Dave? Japan? Shogo? Yep. Yokosuka, Japan. And I haven't really seen him play, but I've heard some some pretty good things about him. As far as the pitching is concerned, Sonny Gray, no. I'm, I'm all right without him. Wade Miley, no. His years are behind him. Uh, Descalfani, you know, he's hit or miss. Bauer, as you said, you know, you don't know if his head's in the game. I mean, you know, he could go. And there, we've seen, you know, over the years that there's pitchers who can go out and pitch their rear ends off and then guys who can implode. And I, I always go back to, Jake Peavy when he played for the Giants and that guy you know at times you know I mean I think he was a Cy Young winner at one time you know he he could be dominant and if you just get under that guy's skin just a little bit he'll unravel and I think that the Reds need to be focused and they need to play you know they need to play really good baseball and if Bauer's out there and he's having a good season you know he could you know win four or five six games this year but also you know I think he's going to be up against a lot of uh you know, I think he's going to be up against a lot of a lot of tough hitters this year. I don't know. I mean, Bowers, I think he's like a feast or famine guy. Oh, we do have some player props, Uncle Dave. We have their number one guy, Luis Castillo, over 75 and a half strikeouts. Now, this could be a situation, Uncle Dave. Maybe we take a look at Castillo and Bowers. We were talking about before when we were talking about, you know, a strong number one, strong number two where, you know, maybe their bullpen wasn't exactly all that, you know, strong, a team that benefits from having the DH. You know, maybe do we look at a Castillo, maybe strikeouts over 75 and a half? I mean, Bowers seems kind of high, 83 and a half. Any, any um, you know, any feel with those guys? Well, I would, I could, could totally see the Castillo thing. Um, and, you know, there's an upside and a downside to that. You know, the downside is he's going to be, pitching against the DH in the NL. So that may take, you know, you know, figure he faces the opposing pitcher one and a half times a game. He gets, you know, what, say, say he gets 12 starts. That's about 18 strikeouts. 
auto strikeouts for the most part that he's not going to get. Uh, but what is he going to get? Because he's going to get 20 games against the AL Central, which includes a couple of teams that can't hit uh, and can strike out a lot. So, you know, I could see the Castillo one. I can't see the Bauer one. I could see that being an under one for the simple fact that he's going to still have the DH in the National League, but he's going back to pitch against the AL Central, where clearly they know him better than anybody because he spent all those years in Cleveland. So, you know, teams like Detroit and Kansas City, Chicago, uh, they've all seen him a ton of times. And obviously pitching against the Indians, well, they know what he's got and what he doesn't have. Um, so I'm not sure. I, mean, I could see the Castillo one going over. I don't like love it, but I like it. The Barra one I hate. Uh, I know he'll be motivated, uh, but the situation for him, um, you know, getting the DH in the National League, I'm not sure they factored that into that number. And going back to face teams he's faced, you know, eight times a year for the last five years, I think that could be a downside. So I would lean to the under with the Bauer prop. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing, Uncle Dave. Maybe the under with the Bauer prop. And I'm not even sure I would even play Castillo over personally just because I don't know if this team, you know, makes a run at the playoffs. But I could understand maybe taking Bauer under, you know, his season strikeouts. Obviously, Uncle Dave, we're going to talk more about our player props. We're going to go through, we're going to handpick, you know, maybe like three, four, five that we like the best. And we're going to do a player prop pod. We're going to put that one out, you know, probably the day before the season starts. So you guys can go ahead and make your final season wagers, you know, surrounding the player props for Major League Baseball this season. So with that said, that's it, guys. That's our podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed all of our MLB previews. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to grab all of our previews, whether it would be from all the teams from the West, the East, Central. I'm going to put them in the one big long pod. So if you guys really want to hear our thoughts on baseball completely for me and Uncle Dave, you're looking probably out of a good three, four hour podcast. I just want to put everything together so you guys have it so you don't have to search. And, um, you know, I, it probably won't be listener friendly to, to listen that long, but at least you'll know where everything's at. It'll all be in one place. You guys could, uh, you know, eventually go ahead and pick up wherever you left off. But that's it, guys. That's it for our podcast. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me, Sleepy J underscore pregame, and he's the baseball guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can get him at Dave underscore S. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com couple days left uncle dave until mlb throws out that first pitch and i finally can't wait to say for real like to wish you guys all the best of luck enjoy the games